What's up? You are listening to the Sample Hour. Welcome to the Sample Hour. Yeah, we done podcasted and fucking kicked Drew and Wesson out. Let me hear y'all say, I need a sample. I need a sample. Of an hour. Of an hour. In an hour. <laughs> In an hour. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Sample Hour. A very special guest today for anybody that likes, you know, likes the the occult or likes. Uh, how I mean, how would you describe it? My very special guest today is you can follow him at Twitter on Twitter at Dreckface. It's D R E C K F A C E. His his handle is Injured Cold. Who we'll get into who Injured Cold is later. And he has a picture of one of the aliens from They Live who, anybody who likes pro wrestling, and especially Rowdy Rowdy Piper, it's an awesome fucking movie. John Carpenter was way ahead of his time with that movie. So, Mr. Dreckface, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Doing really well. Happy St. Paddy's Day. Uh, during our little break, we called each other, and uh, I forgot to turn off my media server, so my, my connection was kind of shitty. I went and I got myself a Guinness. I am, uh, I am a lot Irish. So I guess that's like a good excuse to like drink alcohol, apparently. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, so the reason why I have Mr. Dreckfit face on the podcast today is to talk about Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And yeah, so if you wouldn't mind shedding some light on what Point Pleasant, West Virginia, it, where, where it is and how most people want to know of it, feel free to, sir. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, Point Pleasant is uh, in West Virginia. It's uh, pretty much right on the, the border there. There's a bridge that connected it to Ohio. And uh, back in November of 66, um, there started a rash of sightings of a giant, uh, quote, bird man or, or moth man that was uh, being spotted out in wooded areas and even in residential areas at that time. It lasted for about a year almost to the day, and uh, it was reported by every walk of life that lived out there. School teachers, cops, firefighters, random people. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a crazy phenomenon, which everybody's seen the movie, and the movie, uh, the movie's actually pretty fucking good. I remember yeah. seeing it in the theater, and uh, there was a lot of creepy shit that went on in that movie, and it was, it was, a, it was a really good movie, but a lot of it, like, but but the whole scope of Point Pleasant went beyond the Mothman. I mean, there it included UFO sightings, it included Men in Black, and wasn't it included this gentleman named Injured Cold, who was thought to be an alien, but he was like a humanoid. But it was like a weird. I just remember watching uh, watching that one documentary on Netflix about it, and it was uh, the whole thing with Injured Cold was probably the most fascinating thing for me. But I mean, this whole span, like how long, like what over, how long, what years did this start and what years did the finally like mass hysteria end? Um, well, um, the, the Mothman started being, um, appearing to people in November of 66 and about 14 to 13 days before that is when Indrid Cold appeared. So it actually started before the, 
Mothman phenomenon. And that lasted for about uh, like a year. And that's when most of the heavy Mothman sightings ended. And, and that's also when uh, communication with injured coal stopped as well. But there's sightings of Mothman in West Virginia to this day. There's in sightings in Texas. There's been sightings in Afghanistan, China. There's actually a few, I don't know, probably doctored photos of Mothman being spotted around the Twin Towers during 9-11. And most of the time, he appears before a tragedy strikes. So it's still it's still going on today. There's still what? sightings all over the place. Now, do you think uh, the sightings and everything with the Mothman now, like, do you think that that is, like, I mean, a part of me, like, just, be, so my biggest thing with the whole thing is, like, I'm naturally skeptical, but at the same time, like, I'm very open. Like, I, Mothman first, like, really started, like, for me with conversations is because, like, I had some crazy experiences Growing up and being at my grandmother's house, who very much so believes in ghosts, and she's had seances and everything else like that. And she always has, like, a bunch of old shit and a bunch of, like, antiques. And so I always had, like, all these paranormal experiences, but only at her house. Like, everywhere that was ever said to be haunted, I never really had any experience. Because I'd go there just out of curiosity and would never feel the same way that I felt at my grandmother's house. And I'm not... And it, and it didn't matter where she moved. Something always felt off, and there was just always weird shit that would happen. And from that, like, I, I got, like, somebody kind of introduced me to Mothman, and then I, I started kind of doing some research. But, like like I said, I watched the one documentary. Um, I forget what it's called. Uh, it's the more recent one that came out, like, two years ago. I think it's called The Eyes of Mothman. Yeah, yeah The Eyes of the Mothman. And I kind of, I don't know, like, I, I'm... For me, with the Mothman, it, I'm kind of skeptical with the tragedy thing, and I feel like it's more of, I don't know, man. I, I feel like maybe it's just a hysteria thing. I mean, there's, or it's 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 like more of a phenomenon now, and it's more, I don't know. Like, what do you? I guess what I'm trying to say is, what do you think? Like, do you think it's, do do you think it is something that is there could be these this mystical being that appears before a bunch of people die, or do you think it's maybe just kind of like hysteria? Um, I don't, from all that research I've done, the people in uh, Point Pleasant who saw it, they were, they were all credible people. It was a smaller community, a really tight-knit community. Um, I remember reading that when, like, uh, wildlife biologists and college professors started researching Mothman sightings when it first started, they, they told them they were probably mistaken it for, what do they call it, a sandhill crane? Yeah. Which is a a pretty big bird. If it stands like three and a half feet tall, its wingspan can get to seven feet. And most most of those people were downright insulted and pissed off. And uh, you know, I'm 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 a skeptic too. I like to think of myself as a curious skeptic. Same here. You know, you know the, the way things are today, you can have Bigfoot footage or pictures, and that doesn't mean shit because Photoshop is awesome. And some people can really work that shit to any advantage they want. You know, so it's hard to to definitely pin something these days. But back then, there was just so many people that saw it. Um, there is a lot of claims that they do get out there. They get far out there, sound a little bit crazy. But um, I don't know, maybe, maybe and they were seeing something. They were yeah. seeing something. Most of the time, you know, like the first, the first sighting that was reported, um, it was two couples out in that TNT area out in the forest there, they went straight to the police and the police believed them solely on how shook up they were. Yeah. Same, same, same thing with the guy, uh, 
Woodrow Derenberger, who was communicating with Indrin Cold. He went right to the police, and nobody had any reason not to believe these people just based on how and he, serious they were about it and how much it shook them up. And didn't he also check himself into the, uh, he checked himself into like a mental institution too, didn't he? Like, didn't he, he went and saw a doctor because he thought there was something wrong with him. Yeah, after, shortly after that, he had, had sought medical attention and he got a therapist and he was given a clean bill of health. Uh, actually, his therapist, after he saw his therapist, contacted him and told him that he started receiving telepathic messages from somebody named Indrick Holt. That is so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, that, that, see, that's when it gets weird. I mean, of course, that could be somebody else. That could, that could easily be somebody wanting some of the attention. line. Like, yeah, because... Yeah, because uh, Woody Dar- or Derenberger, he went to the media the next day. Indrid Cold told him to. He said, go tell you know your superiors or whatever you want to call them about this, and I will confirm this sighting when the time is right. So, so he, you know, immediately he went to the media and was interviewed. There's a, it's hard to find, but there's a few uh, video and audio tapes of him being interviewed on TV the day after it happened. That's crazy. I mean, I guess for, like, was Indrid Cold... Around throughout the entire time that the Mothman were around, yeah, it started like a uh, like I said about a month before the Mothman sightings, and yeah. pretty much continued talking to Woody Derenberger the entire time, up until the Silver Bridge collapse, which kind of that, that to me is the only like coincidence with Mothman, yeah, because it's two different entities. You know, you know he saw him in Parkersburg, which is fifty miles north of Point Pleasant, and so but, it, it kind of didn't. But it was all the same area, like. Because I mean, there was so because there was UFO sightings too, and then all the men in black. Yeah, absolutely. The UFO, the Mothman actually took a back seat to how many UFO UFO sightings there were in Point Pleasant at the time. They were getting twenty, thirty reports a a, a night of UFOs coming, you know, buzzing houses, buzzing cars, getting really close. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I mean, and so like basically that's so I mean, there's a few things that like theories. I mean. Because to me, the obvious explanation is mass hysteria. Mass hysteria, mm-hmm. but mass hysteria. What what causes mass hysteria? So somebody had said to me before that it'd be pollution, but at the same time, for me, that area is because I guess there's like a fact. There's a bunch of factories in that area, and it could have been pollution in the water, but the water's still polluted. So to me, that kind of that doesn't really make sense because it just wouldn't add up for me. Now, on the other hand, I think that like something that we had talked about on the Twitters, and this is purely a true sample conspiracy, <laughs> but I mean, the timeline of the Mothman and all the goofy shit that was going on also lines up with MK ultra. Yes, I mean, it does. And, that, and that's the weird thing. And, and so all I know is, is that people were seeing crazy shit, Mothman, they they said that people were telepathically communicating with them. They were seeing all these men in black suits are all running around. So, what? I mean, like, what? What? What would cause that? And I mean, like, who knows? I mean, because I I know a lot of MK Ultra's been declassified, but a part of me doesn't think that it all has. I mean, the CIA did some creepy shit. I mean, the the LSD experiments and. In those cities in France, uh, the Manchurian Candidate, remote viewing. I mean, they were trying to really do some weird shit and really kind of like, I, I don't really, I mean, I don't think we really know what they were trying to do. 
But I think that, um, I mean, they, they definitely use other hallucinogens trying to find a truth serum. Um, mm-hmm. But I, to me, it would make sense. I mean, it would make sense that, you know, you take this small farm town where there's not a lot of educated people. I mean, this small country town in West Virginia, this mountain town, not a lot of educated people. And and then, like, because, like, all the, like, what what are, what are the causes? Like, there, I mean, like, there's some people think it's, it's a, as, as a result of some dead Indian chief. I mean, like, there's all these <laughs> crazy explanations that don't make any sense. But then if you think, it, you know, you, you take into account, like, well, fuck, man. What if it was the government just fucking with this town? Yeah, that, to me, that seems very easy for them to do. They yeah. could have been spraying hallucinogenetics over the town with airplanes, like, like crop dusting. They could have easily put something in our water supply. That doesn't seem like such a far-fetched idea. And, you know, that's, it, it, like you said, it's a, it was a small area, you know, a lot, it's rural country, rural backwoods type place. It, it almost seemed like a perfect place to test something like that. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it makes sense. And I, I kind of feel like now Mothman sightings are more of a attention kind of move. Because I I don't think like just like what you said the Mothman was was the back seat, I mean that wasn't really, that wasn't really as big as and like we were talking about in the movie like the the sh- the telepathic shit where the thing was like something was reading like the the Mothman's reading Richard Geard's mind like that is that isn't that like from a conversation or isn't that kind of based on like injured Cold's interactions with uh with what's the guy's name. Like uh, Woody Derenberger. Yeah, isn't that based on him and Woody Derenberger's interactions? Yeah, when he uh, injured Colt first confronted uh, Woody Derenberger, uh, Woody Derenberger said he didn't move his mouth at all. He only spoke telepathically, and he told Woody Derenberger, "You can talk with your mouth, or you can think it. Whatever's easiest for you." So that his whole conversation with him was telepathic, and you know later down the road, injured Cold would communicate with him telepathically, not even being around him at all. Yeah, that's fucking uh, weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's really that's really creepy. I mean, and I think the weirdest thing about it is, is like these people turn themselves in thinking that they were fucking crazy. Yeah, there's there's a lot of credibility to it, especially Woody Derenberger. He, you know, was the deacon of his church. You know, he was a good guy. He didn't get anything out of it. I mean, he lost his marriage and family over it. You know, he basically just disappeared in obscurity. You know. Just, you know, because all that stuff that happened, he ended up having to move away to get away from his claims of the past. You know, he didn't get nothing for it. But, you know, he, he went to the authorities the next day and something that people don't do when they say they have signs like this. Like you said, he went and checked himself in somewhere to see if he was crazy. And that's, you know, you don't get more credible than that, I think, you know, if you even get a doctor's statement saying, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, which is, which is, I mean... Which would make sense if, let's say, somebody was giving you a hallucinogenic and you didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's say somebody was, who knows? So, let's say somebody, not even LSD, like some other hallucinogenic. Like I don't. Have you ever checked out uh, um, Vice? Have you ever checked out uh, what's his name? Han- oh, fuck this. The tall, skinny guy does. Uh, Hamilton Morris is like psychedelic adventures. There's so many psychedelics that we don't even know about. There's so much shit that like uh, there's one episode, and I'm just and I'm just kind of getting off tangent here, just so people kind of know like 
there's a lot of shit that we don't know. I mean, it, we don't really know a lot of shit. There's a lot of stuff like chemically. There's a lot of like chemically engineered hallucinogenics that there's this uh, there's this episode of Hamilton Morris where he talks to this professor and he basically had his own lab and he was never harassed or anything because he was like a legit scientist for so long. And he was like, well, how do you test it? And he's like, well, I test it on myself. So how do you know if a gram of this is really as powerful as this? And and who knows, man? I mean, like they, they could have been get, putting it in the guy's water. I mean, or anything. I mean, I, I just don't think that this guy was really that crazy. I mean, especially if if he's given a clean birth. I mean, at the same time, you could say, well, it's in West Virginia. Who really knows how good the, you know, the. But back then, we weren't we weren't really caught up on you know. Let's put these people on pills. I mean, yeah. if they thought you were crazy, they would put you in a mental hospital and make exactly. money off of you. Yeah, so, exactly. So, I I just don't know, man. I, and I think that's what's so interesting about it. And I think it's easy. When you watch movies like the the Mothman prophecies, and it's easy to like just say, oh, it's just a movie, but there's just so much weird shit that go that went on. I mean, it, and it, and it's really crazy because still a lot of people don't know who Injured Cold is, and yeah. and he's just really clumped in with the Mothman, but he had nothing to do with it. Like he had yeah. nothing to do. I mean, the Mothman really were just like you said. I mean, and I know I'm repeating myself, but. They were the back seat. I mean, the UFOs, Men in Black and Injured Cold, were way... It felt like it was way creepier because when the UFOs started coming, that's when they saw the Men in Black all over Point Pleasant. Yeah. They, they were all over Point Pleasant. <laughs> yeah, and so, I mean, so let's say there really were Men in Black. Like, why wouldn't that be that it's the government fucking with people? Yeah, that I believe that could be an avenue of it. There was a lot of reports of, of certain Men in Black who they're, they're always reported as being out of their time. They had older clothes. They had older cars. There were some people that reported seeing them interacting with people and being fascinated by like a pen or something or not able to like not understand the concept of silverware or just, you know, they were always out of place and very strange. There's actually a, a, a writer, a paranormal writer. He's like pretty much like the granddaddy of paranormal books and stuff like that he was friends with john keel who wrote the mothman prophecy <clears throat> and uh john keel had told him while he was down there investigating the mothman that there was three men in black who quote appeared in his his hotel room and and told him to stop messing around with the mothman thing just leave it alone and uh one of them asked him what do you got under your sink here and he said i don't know you go look and one of the men went and he came back with a, a big jug of bleach. And they each passed it around, taking giant chugs of bleach to show him that they weren't human. That they definitely weren't the same thing. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of speculation to all those men in black being in Point Pleasant. They weren't humans at all. They weren't government people at all. Do you, do you think that that was the guy that wrote the book just trying to hype his book? Well, see, he never he never released that information. Even the, even when really? I heard that, yeah, when I heard that author release that information, he didn't want to talk about it. But he had said John Keel's past now, and you know, I hope this doesn't piss him off wherever he is. But that's that's the story he told him. He told him that in private. So I don't I don't think he ever mentioned it anywhere else. That was just one of his stories of dealing with these men in black. And now, now, do you think that that was like a real story? Do you think that was something that maybe that guy fabricated it? The um, guy who told the story. 
it, it could be. Um, because I guy, feel like a lot of people are trying to make money off of the Mothman now, especially like after that movie came out. And it's in it, and I, I'm sure that that movie drove a bunch of traffic to Point Pleasant. Oh yeah, they have a and Mothman that, festival every year. It's a big tourist thing for them. Yeah, and so, and I'm not trying to say that it would hurt the economy if they came out and said that the government said because it'd probably be a lot of fucking hippies that want to go out there and fucking trip on stuff because like oh well <laughs> they found you know they they saw Mothman and Men in Black when they were all on acid or whatever they were on. Let's see if we see the same thing. So, I don't, like, I just, to me, if, if there was Men in Black, because I know, like, wasn't Injured Colt supposed to be, like, the, the leader of them, or that was, that was theory, theory it was theorized, I think I, I saw that in that, that documentary, like I said, like, I don't, I haven't read into it as much as you have, but, like, I, I feel like, uh, like, I, I kind of feel like, you know, Injured Cold, I mean, who knows, I mean, Injured Cold could have just been, like, a fucking government person i mean they were really into remote viewing and mk ultra i mean you know you don't we don't know what other shit they were into i mean just like we don't like just like when uh they talk about the nazis being in the occult and yeah i mean like it could have been us still developing trying to develop some occult thing that we just weren't talking about i mean there's there's very much so like some weird shit that that goes on in our government to try to explore things to get like an advantage i mean that's I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm I'm just fucking talking shit right now because I'm not that smart. But um, I I don't know. I, I think that uh, whatever it is, I think it's interesting, and I think that you don't have that many people seeing crazy shit and being like actually having credibility within a community, especially a small community. Yeah, I, so, I agree with that. So I mean, so now I don't know. I mean, do you? I don't. I, I, I just don't think that the alien thing, who knows, it could have been people that were, I mean, it could have been other people that were just drugged up and just, just around the area. Like, just like what you said, like you, we were talking off, uh, off recording. Like, I don't think that, cause I was like, was there, I don't think it was there a military base and, and it was just a TNT factory. So I got that confused and that kind of, yeah. that kind of shot holes in my theory. But at the same time, maybe there's a, a secret base. I mean, I don't think there's a military base. And if you listen to this podcast, please let me know if there's a military base around the MK Ultra towns where they dose people with, with LSD in France. I don't think there was. I mean, uh, the CIA tends to not operate that way. I mean, they tend to have like little crazy factions, so or little crazy, little crazy shit. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I don't well, know. Well, Maybe there was just some people that they were already drugging up. Well, it very well could be the the TNT plant have been closed down for a while and uh they had these like almost underground igloo type things like uh like a small hill you could be standing one on one and not even know it but they stored all the shit they used to make tnt there and all that shit was pouring out of there man it was it was messing up the land they're real bad there's people who say they've caught and fucked up fish there they've seen animals that didn't look right so there was a form or a level of of you know, toxic polluting happening there. So it that could have been mass hysteria from pollution. It very well could be that. That I think you still have a strong theory with that. There's there could have been people that live super close to there. There could have been people who, who were continuously, I don't know, hunting or eating the fucking fish. Yeah. Well, there, it, but that 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 still doesn't explain um, old boy who was seen injured cold, who like you said was like what fifty miles away. 
Yeah. Point Pleasant? Yeah, in Parkersburg, 50 miles north of there. And, uh, yeah, that's that, that wouldn't make a strong connection with the, the pollution there. Yeah. I mean, I... I don't know, man. I mean, like we could we could literally talk about and theorize stuff. Uh, I mean, what other stuff? Just so people know who's listening, like what other stuff was going on with um, with Point Pleasant and or just that whole area. Um, so when did so okay? When did the bridge collapse? Uh, the bridge collapsed. Um, let's see here. It collapsed on December fifteenth, nineteen sixty-seven. Uh, the bridge was forty-nine years old. It actually wasn't in the greatest condition before they called it the Silver Bridge. The people who lived there called it the old Rickety Bridge. It was never in good shape. But uh, yeah, that that bridge. That it's funny to see pictures of the bridge collapse because it looks like it fucking disappeared. The entire bridge fell from the from the Ohio side to the West Virginia side. Just completely collapsed. And did they rebuild the bridge? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think they did. I know that was the worst bridge disaster in American history to prompted the president at the time uh, to check all bridges. Yeah, 46 people died. Yeah, um, such, a, such a shitload of bodies. And they were, I mean, Andrew Cold and the Mothman both disappeared. Yeah, shortly after that. And see that a lot of people credit that to... That, when that happened, that really fucked up that town. Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, contribute that to people just not giving a shit about it anymore. But nonetheless, all that activity stopped. And your cold Mothman and UFOs just stopped after that. Or maybe the government's like, oh, shit. <laughs> this place is getting national attention from a bigger dr- bridge tragedy. The president's going here. Let's pull the fuck out. Yeah. For how abrupt it stops that very well could have could be the case yeah so just so people know the timeline of mk ultra mk ultra started in 1945 and officially ended um when did it officially end it officially ended in 1973 but it further curtailed okay so it was reduced in scope in 1964 and further curtailed in 1967 that's the yeah. same year Yep. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, like, and this is purely off of dates, but I know, like, I don't know, you know, the government's doing creepy shit, doing some grimy ass shit. And then, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I just think that, I mean, what if it isn't MK Ultra, but what if it's, I mean, who knows, man? I mean, the world's rudderless. I mean, that's, I mean, like, I talk about this a lot just with conspiracies. Like, I'm a huge Alan Moore fan. And, yeah. and, and one of it, one of my favorite quotes of his, is he talks about, um, and actually the Alan Moore actually, uh, the Mothman and the Watchman was actually based off of uh, the Mothman prophecy. Mm. Um, so yeah, Mothman is an al- is the alias of. Oh no, it's not based, but it's just connected. I don't know. Fuck fuck you, Wikipedia. <laughs> There's a very wise man that once told me that if you're gonna defend your argument with, well, Wikipedia says, just fucking stop talking to me. <laughs> well. But you know what's weird though, man, is like in in this this will shoot a hole in that. Like Mick Guzman pointed this out, Wikipedia is just it has just as many errors as Encyclopedia Britannica does. Exactly. So I mean it it's still a good source, but um. Oh yeah, I I think it's great. Even if you know 
starting to research something, it's a good starting point to get dates and areas and locations and stuff. Yeah. And okay. So, um, wow. Louis, do you like basketball at all, Jackface? Uh, a little bit. College basketball, Louisville, Kansas, Indiana, and Gonzaga got the number one seeds. So you'll have to do. Oh, anybody that's listening, you know, sorry to interrupt, Jackface. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, the sample, our crew. We're going to be doing our own big MCAA bracket tournament. I think we're going to try and do like a pick bet. So uh, winner take all pick bet. So everybody's going to have to send a pick bet picture to the winner of the tournament. But uh, so anyway, so just to kind of hint, we're doing a lot of podcasting tomorrow. So uh, but so this is um, this is Alan Moore on conspiracies. Doing research into conspiracy theories for his work on Brought to Light, he came and developed his own opinions on the subject of global conspiracy, stating that, yes, there is a conspiracy. Indeed, there are a great number of conspiracies, all tripping each other up. The main thing that I learned about conspiracy theories is that conspiracy theorists actually believe in the conspiracy because it is more comforting. The truth of the, of the world is that it is, cha- it is chaotic. The truth is that it is not the Jewish banking conspiracy or the gray aliens or the 12-foot reptilioids from another dimension, that are in control, the truth is far more frightening. No one is in control. The world is rudderless. And it's and it's just like, who's to say that, you know, let's say, okay, so let's say the whole event with the Mothman and everything wasn't, um, wasn't MKUltra on record. But who's to say it wasn't people that were within the CIA still trying to get their shit, still trying to work on their shit? You know what I mean? I mean, there's so much shit I'm right, talking about. I'm just, making, <laughs> I'm just making shit up. But see, MK Ultra, dude, those guys were doing fucking everything and anything yeah. they could. I mean, you know, getting people to interrogate people with telepathy and, you know, remote viewing, like you said. But there's, the list goes on, and it's no matter how goofy or cartoonish or 1930s comic book it sounded, those fucking guys were, were working on it. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's like, I mean, I, who knows? But I, I don't know. I mean, it's have in your experience. Have you ever experienced? All right, uh, have you ever experienced any like psychedelics? Like, have you ever uh, psychedelics? No, I have. From you know, I, I know a lot of people who have, and you have to be very well trusting of yourself and in a right mind. And I'm too much of a, I think, agitated type person. Yes, I wouldn't but, be able to. I wouldn't be chill with it. I don't think. Uh, it helped me out. I mean, personally, like, uh, I, I mean, honestly, man, I wouldn't have started the podcast had I not eaten some mushrooms. But, anyways, I'm just putting myself out there like that. But, anyways, uh, <laughs> you, you, if you think about this too, like, let's say one person sees a Mothman, or let's say, like, whatever it was that was around that TNT thing that made those that that couple, the young couple, see that shit. I've known people that didn't like kids, like my friends when they like, all right. So when I, when I took any psychedelic I ever took, like I took it responsibly and I took it like trying to seek out answers or trying to better myself. Like I, I knew I, I didn't even like fuck with it until I read like the John Hopkins study about how it like actually permanently positively changes your personality, like psilocybin. Mm. But let's say kids are just doing it to get, you know, I know kids that, like, my friends that have done it that were just trying to get fucked up, like, when I was in high school or anything like that, they would see the same shit. Like, they would kind of trip together, or let's say they saw a monster. Oh, my God, do you see that monster? Like, to me, it's kind of like, okay, so then you, you already have these kids that, 
you know, they don't they don't think that they're on anything because they don't know. So let's just this is just to prove this is just me promoting my bullshit theory. So they see that. And then that's going to kind of get like the word like, did you hear about such and such and such and such and such and such? They came here hysterical to the police station saying that this giant moth man looking creature, bird man looking creature was following them at high speeds. And then they came to the hospital to the fucking police station saying that they saw this. You know, you know what I mean? And then so then that's going to get around a small town like that really fast. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, if they're tripping and they see that, if it was there or not, them themselves believe they saw that. It's truth to them. So then, so this is this is another direction I'm going. So then, like, somebody else starts tripping on something they don't know they're tripping on. They start seeing fucking Mothman, too. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and, it, could, and it could go from that. Now, the men in black shit, I got, like, that's my explanation for the Mothman. But the men in black shit, who the fuck knows? I mean, people are saying that they saw guys eat drinking bleach and all that other stuff. I mean, that's just fucking crazy. I mean... Or somebody's reading your mind. I mean, that could have been anything, man. I mean, like a lot of people think that remote viewing is real. Like a lot of people, like there's, there's. I mean, have you ever watched Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura? Yeah, I've, I've caught a few of those. They did the one on remote viewing, and the guy seems like a pretty normal guy. He's like, yeah, I mean, I, I do believe in it. Like I've experienced it. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few people who say that it's absolutely true. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe Injured Cold was like, hey, let's let's see how remote viewing works under the influence of psychedelic drugs. I Very don't, well could be. Injured Cold said that they were taking samples of plant life and animal life while they were visiting. Who knows what they were leaving? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, it's just really interesting. So... What other, I mean, we've kind of beaten this subject with a horse, and I think hopefully we've maybe inspired some people to, would you recommend, like, what would you, would you recommend Eyes of the Mothman? Like, did you like that, uh, did you like that documentary? I mean, it was kind of hokey, but they kind of did cover everything. Yeah, they sure did. They covered everything in a good detail. There, there's a couple things, a couple of details of people, like, uh, there was that lady that said she had been studying Intrid Cold and uh, Woody Derenberger for 10 years and then gave a description of what Andrew Cold was wearing, and it was completely wrong, according to what Woody Derenberger said, you know, so there's little flaws like that, but... Now, can, was you, a, can you, like, shed some light on that, because I'm unaware of that? Oh, uh, just from uh, the encounter? Yeah, like, because oh, yeah. wasn't he a man in black? Like, wasn't Andrew Cold, like, a man in black? Like, so he wasn't wearing a hat and all that shit? No, he, he wasn't himself a man in black. Uh, Woody Derenberger was driving down a highway coming home from work one night and uh he noticed a car behind him hauling ass and it passed him and uh as he watched that car go by he looked to his left and a a spaceship kind of cut him off and parked on the highway right in front of him and forcing him to stop and when it uh stopped a man got out and approached his car and told him uh he told uh woody derenberger i'd like to talk to you and uh, they sat there and talked on the highway for about 10 or 15 minutes. Other people reported seeing the ship on that highway, around that highway. Other people reported seeing Woody Derenberger in his truck talking to a man. So it's widely co- collaborated. And they just talked about, uh, you know, who he was. He asked him what Woody Derenberger did for a living. He asked what the city was. 
and he told him he he was extremely pleasant. Woody Derenberger said he was a very nice guy. Repeatedly told him, you know, don't be afraid of me. He told him I bleed and eat and sleep just like you. And continued talking and noticed that Woody Derenberger was still nervous and told him again, dude, please don't be afraid of me. You know, I'm 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 not here to hurt you. And he told him we wish you only happiness. And uh, he told him he would talk to you again soon. Other people have reported seeing injured cold or somebody standing on the side of that same highway trying to flag them down so that he could talk to them. And uh, he, you know, a few weeks went by and Woody Derenberger went home to find injured cold standing in his driveway. And they talked more. Um, injured cold said he was from a planet called Lanalus. And that they were there on Earth trying to establish a trade agreement with our government. So according to Injury Cold, you know, the, our government knew about him. And they said they had done that on other planets. Um, so Injured Cold once showed up with uh, another person called Carlo Arndo. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, even a, another person named uh, Schinnel from a different planet altogether. He said he was from a planet called Thanaraba, I believe. And uh, Woody Derenberger claimed that Andrew Cold took him on his spaceship. Um, there was even a six-month period where Woody Derenberger just disappeared. And at the end of that six months, he came home, and they asked him where he was, and he said he was with Andrew Cold. And he went to his home planet. They, they look like us. They talk like us. They say that uh, because they're telepathic abilities, they're not able to bullshit each other or lie to each other. So they live in perfect harmony and stuff like that, but it gets a little out there. <laughs> no, yeah, it totally does, but uh, who knows, man? I mean, with the internet, we it's our ability to lie to each other is getting smaller and smaller. Yeah, there's a lot of people, I mean, I agree, the internet has brought people closer together quicker. I mean, talking to you know guys like you on Twitter, I, that, that's awesome, but it's also given kind of like a false backbone to cowards and liars too yeah no i agree i mean like i think like for me just play call of duty get called a bitch for winning (laughs) (laughs) like i I think for me like the whole point of this podcast was to be honest with myself and like for me like it's been like uh and just to kind of i will i will eventually get back to what we're talking about but i think like for me it's been it's been about honesty and it's been about you know, this is what I'm going through, whatever I say in the way I'm dealing with it, if it helps you, great. And if, if it doesn't, great. And if you just want to talk to me, be my friend, also great. And I think that's what's so cool about it and about like our community or like guys like Irish Brian, who yeah. like, cause I, I <laughs> like, honestly, I, I checked out his, his, uh, his feed cause I love him so much. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, injured. He's talking to injured cold. How interesting. <laughs> and then I immediately started talking to you. And yeah. and it's just like, and that's how we become friends. And that's how like, and it's, and it's like Twitter, you really can't vet people. I mean, you, you know, it does, it does like some people I think um, have a fake identity and, and, and present themselves in a way like they're a real person or tell stories that probably aren't true. And there's other people that have a fake identity just to protect themselves and they tell real stories. And, and you know, and like for me, like hindsight, I, maybe I should have like not used my real name 
but in the end, it, it was just kind of at this point where, you know what, this is who I am, and I have to be 100% honest. Otherwise, I'm... I just know who I just know who I am, and that's that's who I had to be. Yeah. And uh, so the whole point to this is I forgot where I was going with this, but I, like just like with the internet, like like it's like me being honest with strangers on the internet has like made my life a million times better. I mean, like I mean everything with the internet or just embracing the internet or just really, you know, wanting to improve myself via the internet it's been like a crazy experience man like i'm more intelligent ever since i got a smartphone i used to always think about shit and want to look it up but i didn't go to the library all the time so i really couldn't look <laughs> it up but now i can like get fast information yep. I'm watching a documentary on netflix i can immediately start looking at shit on my phone and i mean it's it's a crazy thing i mean it's it's uh it's a special thing and and who knows? I mean, we could all die of cancer at a young age because we hit these pieces of radiation and stuff to our faces on a regular basis to talk to people. But yeah, I don't know. All, <laughs> What's that? We're all going to get thigh cancer from it being in our pocket. But who knows? We could always, <laughs> you know, download our, our thoughts or we're going to get testicle cancer. I guess oh. actually, uh, did you hear Tim Ferriss? He said his... Um, he stopped putting, he did this weird experiment cause it's like a Tim Ferriss move and he, uh, stopped putting his cell phone in his pants pocket because he's pretty sure it was lowering his sperm count. <laughs> no, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. It was on, uh, the first, it was on, uh, the first JRE podcast he was on. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that, you know, it's a cool thing, but like back to like tel- telepathy, I mean, man, if, if like if what like stuff that uh, um, Ray Kurzweil says is the truth and eventually we're all going to download our thoughts or who knows, maybe we're all going to become cyborgs in a weird way or, you know, organic, like create organic nanobites and shit like that that are that enter us and heal us while we're not even aware of it. Like they just improve our immune system, which is also like a technology that like people are working on. Um who knows how what our abilities are going to be? Who knows who knows how that's going to evolve us as humans? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is just theoretical stuff, and I'm not a scientist. I mean, I did take a lot of science classes. I don't have a college degree. I do have a college education, but I don't have a piece of paper that shows I do. So you know what I mean? I mean, it's just who knows? I mean, it's it's that's a big that's a big question. Just like what you said, a curious skeptic. Yeah, it's especially with things you know like what you're talking about. You know, I you know I think if the government's gonna admit something like you know declassifying MK Ultra, and if they if they have the sand to say, yeah, we were studying with remote viewing. To me, well, I go well, they fucking got that down. Then they've mastered that. It's not really an issue to, to hide anymore. You know, it's not. They're not. I don't. I think they're gonna release the smaller shit. There's yeah. never going to be a way to figure out the bigger shit because, you know, this, like, like you said, the Nazis into the occult, they're doing everything they could too. MK Ultra, any type of thing you can. The British are hiring Aleister Crowley to counteract, yeah. to counteract uh, the Nazis and their occult. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, we'll never know the, you know, the big stuff. I remember we weren't there. We never can. Not yep. until we learn how to time travel. I'm just kidding. Yep. Never going to happen. I, <laughs> Never. <laughs> I forget his name, but there's one scientist, a uh, really awesome guy. He's on a lot of television programs, but uh, he's working on on time travel. 
because when his dad died, it broke his heart so bad. He just set his life goal to time travel to go back to see his dad. And he says we're not that far off, but all those guys on TV always say we're like 10 years away from lightsabers, too. So. Well, man, the thing with time travel. Okay, so the new time machine with Guy Pierce, like, I remember. Uh, oh. I'm really into that. I'm really into movies, too. So I, I saw. Same here, same here. Like, I love Guy Pierce. Like, I saw him in Memento. Yeah. And then I went back and I watched a bunch of shit and I was like, oh, fuck, he's in this crazy drag queen movie with Hugo Weaving. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like, wow, this movie's so great. Australians make great films. And then, uh, but anyway, so then going forward, I was like, oh, fuck, he's getting some bigger films. And he still doesn't get the love that he deserves because he's a no. great fucking actor. Hell yeah, yeah. And he's just like a Hugo Weaving. But at the same time, I don't think he wants to be... Like a big, uh, I don't think he, like, Hugo Weaving said he doesn't want to do any more blockbusters. Oh, really? Yeah, like, he doesn't want to reprise his role as great Red Skull. Who knows, though? They throw enough fucking money at anybody, and they'll, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. he's not going to be, like, a Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, but anyways, uh, back to the point. The movie Time Machine, because I was really excited. It's like, oh, sweet, this H.G. Wells book that I, I love the original movie. And, you know, let's let's go back and let's see how they do it. And just like any remake, it wasn't a good movie. But the cool thing was the only redeeming qualities were at the very beginning when he first starts time traveling and the very end when he talks to, like, the evolved uh, Jeremy Irons' character. Yeah. And so he time travels and he keeps trying to save his his like fiance and no matter what he does she dies. Yeah. And so then he's like, "Well, fuck it, I'm going to go to the future." And then he talks to the evolved being and then he he meets the sexy black chick and and goes uh and you know helps the the fucking human uh feral humans against sure. the the cannibal humans that were also feral humans. <laughs> and then he talks to the guy, the really smart one, who apparently had evolved, which is Jeremy Irons, and he then he says the reason why you could never save her was because you created the time machine to save her, and had you created it, which is just really, it's just a paradox. I mean, to create a time machine for the purpose of saving your dad or seeing your dad, it will never happen, because if you have that paradox within it, it, it won't allow you to happen. Now, Einstein's whole theory of time travel was that you could time travel and this could also be bullshit. So, but from my understanding was that you could time travel, but you would time travel to a multiple, like, it's more of the multiverse, like to a different universe's time. But yeah, a different dimension or plane or whatnot. Yeah. Which who knows? Maybe that's, maybe that's who the men in black were. Yeah. Very, very possible. Yeah. They could have. They could have. That's. What if the government's already mastered that? Maybe there's not time travel, but interdimensional travel. That'd be you interesting. That'd yeah, be maybe those guys are from different dimensions. We just don't know. I mean, yeah. you don't know. You can't prove it, and you can't disprove it. Yeah, and I don't think the government will ever let anybody prove any shit like that. No, 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 not at all, not at all. Well, anyways, brother. I got some shit I got to do. I want to have you on again. Sorry it's like a shorter podcast, but I'm glad we finally got to talk. Um, it is St. Paddy's Day. I got to gotta do some other shit. But, uh, dude, love to have you on again. It was a great talk, man. Um, we can talk about some other stuff. Um, yeah, are you down for that, sir? 
Absolutely. Anytime. I'm, I'm honored to, to be on. I'm, I'm a fan of your podcast. So it's pretty cool for me, man. Thanks, man. I'm, uh, it's weird for people to say that they're like, it's weird to like, like, it's really kind of surreal to have, like, there's this, uh, this random person on Facebook that found my met my, my podcast on Stitcher and then they liked it on Facebook. They like, liked the site. And I was like, this person is not related to anybody in the Twitterverse. And so I friended her, and she was like, yeah, I really enjoyed your podcast. I found it on Stitcher. And she lives all the way on the other opposite end of the country. And I'm like, dude, this is so cool. Like, it's just yeah. so cool. Like, people that, I don't know. I mean, it's just cool to, like, meet cool people like yourself on the Internet that are like, oh, wow, he's really into this shit. There's nobody in my immediate circle that I can talk to about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's what I was saying about how most people... Like, the internet gave a false backbone, cowards and shit like that. But it also does put us in communication really easy. Like you said, with, you know, people, like all the guys on Twitter, you know, Irish Brian, Izzy Rock, those are all rad dudes. You know, I've, I've, Irish Brian's one of my oldest friends on Twitter. I consider him one of my friends. And that's, he lives in Ireland. I live in, you know, fucking San Jose. <laughs> and that's fucking cool to me. I, I, you know, when I was in school, we were still fucking playing Oregon Trail. So you fucking going on Twitter... And literally sending a message to somebody's pocket is that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and he's only fucking nineteen years old. What a fucking that, badass. Dude, when I listened to Izzy Rock's podcast and he said that, I was like, You gotta be fucking shitting me. Did you listen to the one uh that he did with me? Yeah. Yeah, I liked that. Dude, I had never really even interacted with him that much. But uh No Sesquahanna was like, Dog, you gotta get Irish Brian on your podcast. He's he's dying to get on a podcast, and he's like, yeah, I got my own podcast, Heart and Mind. And then I just listened to him talk for like 45 minutes about him and his life, and I'm like, what a good motherfucker, man. What a cool dude, man. What a good kid, is, cool dude. Yeah, there's so many badasses, man, that are his age. Uh, Tangerine Show, he's a yeah. young guy too, man. Mischief Maker 37 on uh, YouTube's. He's not my younger brother, dude. But I feel like what's really cool is there's so many of us in Ohio, which – you know, I'm not trying to like rep us, but it just makes it like for that Rogan show when we put on that event and I'm not trying to like brag and boast, but like, man, that was fucking crazy. Like we literally went to uh, this place called the Ringside Cafe because it was in like walking distance to uh, the palace where the show was. And Izzy made this video of us like him and I walking from this place to the the fucking um, palace I I I knew maybe ten percent of the people that were there. There was hundreds of people. I mean, and wow. it, dude. I mean, well, not hundreds. That was totally over exaggerated. There was at least a hundred people, and it's in this small fucking place, and there's all friendly people, dude. Everyone was drinking. Everybody was getting along. No fights. No. Everybody tipped well. We 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 like we like. I felt bad for the place, but I felt good for them. Like they made a bunch of money, but at the same time, like we made them sell out a beer. Lots of lots of beer. You know what I mean? It was like a good problem for them to have, but it was still a problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just been so cool, man. I mean, this whole this whole idea, and you know, and I talk to Izzy a lot on the phone, and Izzy always points out that like we are in a revol- we're in a uh, what does he always say? We're in like an enlightenment period, but we just don't know it because we're we're in the middle of it. Yeah. And and he says a lot of it's from the internet, and a lot of it is 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 just because you know like. Like, look, yeah, there's cunts everywhere you go, but at the same time, like, who the fuck cares? Find the cool people. Talk to the cool people. Yeah, exactly. I kind of lost hope with that shit and, until I got on Twitter and started 
you know, talking to all the Death Squad family people, there's a lot of really fucking genuinely good people. There really is. There really is, man. I mean, it's uh, it's just an overall cool experience. So just so, like, we were talking about it before. How did you find out about Death Squad? <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm a kind of high-strung dude at, at times, and uh, I would listen to comedy channels on Pandora, and I made a Burt Kreischer channel. And uh, I, did, I didn't put it together right away, but I was like, holy shit, that's the guy from Hurt Burt and Burt the Conqueror. And I love that show. And to me, Bert, Bert's perfect for me. My pace of comedy, the guy fucking kills me. He's so, so funny. He's just yeah. so funny. Especially now. Yeah. Like, because his older stuff, like, and, like, and I love Burt Kreischer, but, like, because I got, like, his DVD from, like, a few years ago. Then I saw him do stand-up, like, two years later. And he was still doing some of the same jokes. But when you see him do stand-up, and then I saw him do stand-up a year later. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Burt was funny before. But, dude, Bert is, like, a million times better. And it, and it's totally with, like, you know, like, him, he talks about killing his ego and wanting to better himself. And, dude, the guy is, like, I mean, is he's just, like, he's just a cool guy. He understands that he has a responsibility and he runs with it. You know what I mean? And he's just such an awesome human being. Yeah, his, his first CD, like you said, don't get me wrong, hilarious. But his delivering you know, comedy on his second CD is fucking tremendous. I, I, I've always wanted to ask him what, what happened in yourself to make that jump. You know, his first CD was great. The second CD, like I've heard him say the same material, but just subtle changes in his delivery is fucking fantastic. Absolutely. 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 But yeah, I would listen to, to Bird on there. And then I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm used to fucking Oregon trail and fucking drawing shit with paint and uh i was like shit i'll look him up on itunes and saw that he was on a podcast called the duncan trussell family hour listen to all that i love duncan duncan's then, awesome yeah started listening to duncan and look found joe rogan experience with duncan and a joe rogan experience with bert and then started going from there and i've been a- in love ever since <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome dude i uh I tell you what, man, it's been a pleasure, and I wish I could talk to you longer. I just got, I just got shit I gotta do. I had to cancel on you before, and I felt horrible about it. But uh, oh, no problem, thanks for being man. so cool about it. And uh, yeah, man, we can talk about some other occult shit too. Um, so what's, uh, what's, what's the meaning of Dreckface? <laughs> um, that's a, a funny thing. I, I, uh, I'm a musician. When I first started playing bass, the guy who kind of showed me the ropes. Uh, would always tell me, dude, you fucking make the dumbest fucking face when you play your bass. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't, dude. So like a year later, he came out to my house and visited me. He's like, dude, I bought a video camera. I was like, right on. We were fucking with it. And he set it up. And then he, he just didn't tell me about it. I started playing bass. And he showed it to me. He's all, look at this. And I fucking had the dumbest fucking look on my face. And uh, so I, from that day on, dude, every show I played, I covered my face. And direct, direct, my dad's an old an older guy from New York. He's passed now, but that word is like a substitute for like a curse word. So instead of saying like shit face, (laughs) he would, or, or, you know, fuck you. He would say dreck that or dreck you. So I just took that. I was like, dude, my face looks like shit like that. So just played his dreck face from then on. That's fucking sweet, man. That's really (laughs) cool. Uh, My grandpa, he plays bass. He, uh, he used to play like bluegrass 
Uh, and then he went to country, and he was like, uh, he started playing bass guitar right when they came out with uh, electric bass guitars. Nice. And he like taught himself how to play. I was just curious, like just as like a musician who plays bass, like what do you think of guys who, like guys like, uh, um, uh, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot his name, the guy from Primus, like Les guys who Claypool. play, yeah, like Les Claypool or. Uh, I don't know if you heard of Thundercat, but Thundercat's a badass fucking bass player. Like Thundercat, he's uh he's on uh Flying Lotus's label. Oh, wow. Um and Thundercat, his dad was in the uh I think his dad was in the Temptations. I wanna I oh man, who was his dad in? But Thundercat's a fucking sweet bass player. But my grandpa is like really old school and he's like, No, the bass is job. If you wanna sing and play bass, that's fine. But if you wanna play the bass like you're playing a guitar, like he gets really kinda like it's not that he gets shitty about it. He just is like, that's that's not the way it's supposed to be played. You know, it's supposed <laughs> to be, you're supposed to play well with the drummer. Well, I, like, just my own curiosity, like, what's your opinion on that? Um, when I first started playing bass, I, I, you know, I'm a big, big Primus fan. I've been to dozens and dozens of Primus shows. So when I first got a bass, I wanted to slap and play, you know, the type of funk and stuff like that. And uh, my dad, he's a musician as well. He's like, dude, just learn how to walk before you do that shit. Um... So, I mean, fundamentals are always good to know. If you want to do anything good, I mean, there's fucking 13-year-olds who are fucking masters now. You, you want to be noticed for anything, you got to stand out. Like, I understand Les Claypool actually tuned to half or a quarter step off from Larry Lalonde, the guitar player. So his bass actually stands out more, which I can understand. If you want to be noticed for something, you got to stand out. I, I play my bass like a guitar a little bit. Um I don't. I don't have too much of a problem with that. There's there's good solid like fundamental bass players like Rex from Pantera. He doesn't do anything flashy, but if he wasn't playing, you'd fucking definitely notice it. Corn. You know, I felt. I always felt like Corn had a good bass player. But I. <laughs> I think. I think he's he's a little bit of Cookie Monster. A little bit. You know. Just okay. Turn up your bass. Take out your mids. Turn up your highs and hit that thing as hard as you can. He doesn't do anything flashy. He makes his gear sound flashy. Yeah, in my in my opinion, <laughs> but well, you know, he's in line with the drummer. Like, I mean, like that was like yeah. a big. They had it. I mean, like their pocket, their hell of yeah, pocket. yeah. It was like uh, maybe he's more like uh, I don't know. This could be totally way off, but maybe he's more like the Ringo of the Beatles. Like not yeah. that, not that Corn's like not that like Corn's super talented, but I'm I'm sure the drummer is more more talented musically than the bass player. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Yeah, check out Thundercat, man. He's on. Um, he's on Spotify. Uh, I could always. I could always. Man, he's a. He's an indie guy, so I'd hate to Dropbox his music. But he's on Spotify. You can check him out. He was like a big. Uh, he's a big George Duke fan. You can tell because he nice. plays. He plays some George Duke, and I didn't even know about who George Duke was until like I listened to that, and I've always been like a big MF Doom fan. And yeah. uh, MF Doom totally kind of rips off one of George Duke's beats, and I <laughs> learned that through Thundercat. So, because you'll play, if you listen to his album, his like intro to the album, he plays a George Duke beat from a song called uh, "For Love I Come," and then uh, um, Thundercat redoes the song in his own way, and it's really fucking good. Like that's probably my favorite song of his, "For Love I Come." Cause he's like a he's a pretty good singer. He's like a higher, like higher pitched singer. But I I fucking love Thundercat. So uh, 
I check him out too. Well, anyways, brother, I could talk to you for hours, but uh, let's do this again. And uh, man, good meeting you, man. Thanks a lot yeah. for being on the podcast, man, and talking about weird occult shit with me. Thank you for having me on, dude. Like I said, it's an honor. Thanks for having me. Oh, uh, dude, the honor's all mine. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Take care, man. Have a good St. Patty's Day. Oh, you too, sir. All right, you take care. All right, bye-bye. Ghost rider, motorcycle hero He's a looking so cute Sneaking round and round and round in a blue jumpsuit Ghost rider, motorcycle hero He's a blazing away Like the stars, stars, stars in the universe Ghost rider, motorcycle hero Yeah.